This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Please enjoy the following pre-recorded Encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equipped with Chris Brooks. I am absolutely thrilled that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We've been praying for you. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm so fired up about today's program. So let me start by asking a question. When I say the word Thanksgiving, what do you think of? Now, for a lot of you, you just went to a menu of food items that you think of. Man, you're already hungry, probably, as you think about those mashed potatoes, maybe that ham, maybe that turkey. But I'm not talking about a holiday. I'm talking about a spiritual discipline, maybe one of the most underappreciated and lost spiritual disciplines for our generation. It's the art of giving thanks, or some would describe it this way. It's the gift of gratitude. How are you doing at that? Have you considered how your life might be different, how your Christian witness and testimony might be different if you exchange grumbling for giving thanks. That's exactly what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about the pivotal uh, gift of gratitude for experiencing the beauty, the goodness, and the hope of God. And today I have a great resource in front of me. It is called The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. I love that title, subtitled Reclaiming the Gift of a Lost Spiritual Discipline. The author is Mr. Dustin Crow. Dustin is a pastor. He serves as the pastor of discipleship at Pennington Park Church just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. We love our friends in Indianapolis. Uh, He has written on websites like the Gospel Coalition and Gospel-Centered Discipleship. He and his wife have a beautiful, just south of perfect, two-year-old daughter as well. Dustin, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me on today. It is great to have you. Man, out of all of the spiritual disciplines that you could have written on, what caused you to say, man, I want to write a book on giving thanks? Yeah, it's because I'm perfect at it, and so I thought I should really share this with people. <laughs> You've mastered no, it. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. I, one of the reasons was because I struggled with it so much. Um, yeah. I mentioned that I'm a grumbler by heart, and I noticed when I would spend seasons to really practice Thanksgiving, I would often take a month at a time. I noticed how it changed my heart and my perspective, but also my attitude toward God. So I experienced the personal benefits um, but one other thing was I did a study for school and church where I kind of evaluated what are the spiritual disciplines talked about a lot in literature and sermons, and then what's talked about a lot in the Bible, and where's the gap? And I really felt like there was a gap because I saw Thanksgiving all over the pages of Scripture, and yet wasn't hearing about it much yeah. in kind of the Christian spiritual disciplines books. 
Yeah. Now, first off, I just want to say thanks for acknowledging that there's a whole group of Christians out there in which, hey, Thanksgiving does not come natural, right? So if you are naturally a grumbler, this is your book. Don't turn that down, as they say. This is uh, a conversation that is for you. And let's be honest, uh, our culture uh, naturally is cynical, isn't it? It is, yeah. And part of that is, I think, the news. You know, we watch a lot of news. We're on social media, and it tends to be the negative stuff. That's what people are going to listen to or watch, and that can get us down. Um, but also just the way we talk with one another, even as friends. We often talk about the, the problems in our life and the challenges. And I'm not suggesting we don't talk about those, but that can become our whole view of life, where it's all the problems yeah. and the negativity. Yeah, and and you know what Scripture does, and I want to... I want us to go on a biblical journey, if you will, today, because I really want you to help to shape a biblical theology for us for giving thanks. But what Scripture does is it constantly pushes us back to remembering uh, who God is, His goodness, His sovereign character, His grace. Even in the lament passages, we are constantly being pushed towards God and ultimately acknowledging His goodness. And that's what we want to be able to do for those who are listening. Now, by describing this as a spiritual discipline, that is not without a certain amount of controversy, because when you think about your classic spiritual disciplines, such as Bible reading, evangelism, fasting, prayer, worship, giving thanks often does not make the list. Is that just me, or is that something you've noticed as well? Yeah, I've noticed that as well. You will see it in some books, or if you know a church does a sermon series, you might see it, but often it's towards the bottom or it just gets a nod. Um, but if we think of disciplines as habits that need cultivated, spiritual practices that, that increase our view of God, lead to worship, or help us um, disciple and do evangelism, I mean, Thanksgiving checks all those boxes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about this on multiple levels. My own personal life, also our church, has chosen to dedicate a significant series this uh, year in our teaching calendar to the spiritual disciplines and celebration, as we call it, or giving thanks, as you call it, is one of those spiritual disciplines that we want to cultivate within our, our church family. But I think that when people hear discipline combined with giving thanks, something about the word discipline seems to take the joy out of it. How do you see it as one, on the one hand, as a discipline that we need to embrace, but on the other hand, not lose the joy of giving thanks? Yeah, and I get that. I Even when I teach on spiritual disciplines, I know that word discipline, yeah, it seems negative. Like when we think of discipline, we think all the things I don't like to do, getting up early, having to work out, trying to eat healthier, they tend to be negative constraints in our life. And so we might use language of habits or you know, rhythms of grace. Um, but why I think that ties to Thanksgiving is because, like I said, it's not natural. For me, I don't wake up and I'm not thinking about all the rosy things in my day. I don't naturally think, oh, here's the hundred ways I'm blessed. I think about here's the problem today, here's what needs done. And so it takes intentionality and it takes a practice of building this into my life. And I think that's where Thanksgiving is a discipline. You have to choose to do it. And the more you do it over time, the more it does become a pattern in your life just like other disciplines like Bible reading. Yeah, I want to hear from you about how you cultivated this in your life, because, again, I would imagine you said jokingly you've you've arrived, and I know that that is, for all of us, uh, you know, we recognize we'll never arrive fully 
and that is the reality for it. But yet we can cultivate it. So what are some of the things that you've done, Dustin, in your life to really cultivate uh, Thanksgiving and gratitude? For me, the number one is probably, again, that language of habit. And, again, I think habit can get a bad rap. But when we want things to become regular, we tend to go after habit. So I really struggle with eating healthy. And so often we'll have to have a cutoff date and say, okay, it's this date for the next 30 days. We're going to try to eat healthier. And the first week is really hard. But the more you do it, the more you not only get used to it, but you start to enjoy it. Like, oh, I forgot that, you know, this carrot and hummus, it can taste okay. Not as good as some (laughs) other things. Um, And so for me, when I've set aside, often I'll do 30 days again because it's one month. It's easy. I'll say for 30 days, I'm going to practice this every single day. Maybe I'll at dinner time or before bed, I'll write down five things I'm thankful for from the day. I'll pray those back to God because he's actually the one who gives them. And then I'll even try to read some scriptures specifically on Thanksgiving. And so when I've done that habit for 30 consecutive days, that's where it really becomes a part of me as opposed to, oh, I tried that two weeks ago and then I forget it and it's not a part of my life. Take us through just some of the passages of Scripture that really stand out to you that uh, that really drive home this as more than just a suggestion, but as a habit, as a rhythm, as a discipline. A couple would be, you know, in the New Testament, First um, Thessalonians 5.18 and Ephesians 5.20. You know, those are specific commands, and they say give thanks in all things or give thanks in all circumstances. Mm. And then in Colossians 3.17, he says, whatever you do, um, do it with thanksgiving. And so that's pretty all-encompassing. Give thanks in all things, and then whatever you do, do it with thankfulness. And so those remind me, okay, this isn't just for November. It's not for that Thanksgiving season. But whatever day it is, whatever season of the year, Thanksgiving is a part of the Christian life, and I need to lean into it, again, because it isn't our natural bent. Yeah, it's not our natural bent. And see, this is what the Word of God seems to do for us, Dustin. Uh, I'm so grateful that you tie it to the study of God's Word. Even in your 30 days where you practice giving thanks in a more intentional way, it seems to be rooted and grounded in God's Word. Seeing the world through the lens of Scripture instead of seeing the world through the lens of culture, how important is it if we're going to have a thankful life that we also have the daily discipline of the Word and prayer? It's really essential. And again, this is one of the things that led to the book is um, I was reading a lot of gratitude literature and I didn't notice a lot of scripture. And because of that, I also didn't notice a lot of God language. And so people talked about, hey, you should give thanks. You should be grateful for all these things. But it was never connected to who God is as the giver of every good and perfect gift. Mm. And so as I started Mm. to think about, well, what is biblical thanksgiving as I'm reading the Psalms and reading Paul and reading Jesus, it's always connected to who God is, which then broadens my understanding of thanksgiving from just blessings to I can actually give thanks even in trials and troubles. I was reading Psalm 28 today, and it's a psalm about David crying about about these hard things, but he closes it by saying, but I will still trust in you and I will give thanks. And so scripture is essential. And then prayer, you know, when we're talking back to God in prayer, that's our time to give thanks, not just to think it out loud, but to actually tell God, thank you, because you are the good and kind and generous giver of these things. You know, when I think about the word, when I think about prayer, I really think about how his eternal truths shape our perspective. 
and how it is a reminder. Uh, where am I reminded of grace? Where am I reminded of his grace? It is in his word and it is in prayer. You say this in your book, and I love it, that Thanksgiving should be motivated by grace and gratitude, not guilt or greed. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it reminds me when, you know, when I think of Thanksgiving or when I used to think of giving thanks, the illustration that came to mind was probably Christmas growing up as a kid when maybe my grandmother would give me a gift I didn't really want. It's here's the sweatshirt you're going to be embarrassed <laughs> to wear. <laughs> you didn't tell, tell her, did you? <laughs> I'd have to. I'd get that, you know, the elbow from my mom. You need there to go say go. thanks. <laughs> and I think I kind of imported that to the Bible. Oh, that's what Thanksgiving is. God mm. gives us things, so it's mm. my job to tell him thank you. And that's kind of the guilt. I have to do this. But like you said, when we're reading the Bible and we're seeing how good God is, all the ways he's provided, this forgiveness we have in Christ, when I'm seeing and tasting his grace, I'm not forced to give things, but it comes naturally because I'm seeing these are the gifts from God. These are the ways he's caring for me. And so I want to tell him thank you. It's grace. Um, it kind of comes from within. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. That's Psalms 107, verses 1 and 2. I love that because it reminds me of his character, he is good of his faithfulness. His steadfast love endures forever and of my obligation that we as Christians, as those who are his redeemed people, those who are new covenant believers and who have put our faith in his sovereignty, that we need to say so. So this is a day where we're going to remind you to give thanks and to say so, not out of guilt, not out of greed, but out of gratitude for his amazing and abundant grace. Well, maybe you are a recovering pessimist like our good friend Dustin Crow. There's even hope for us in this wonderful book, The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. If you want this uh, as a resource in your life in this season, we have put links on our website for you to order a copy at equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. But we're going to give away three complimentary copies to friends on social media. All you have to do right now is go and say, I'm tired of being a grumbler. I want to give thanks. Go to Facebook and Twitter, request a copy. We'll pick three names just to say thank you for listening to Equip. Whatever you do, don't go anywhere. Much more to come with Dustin right after this on Equip with Chris Brooks. take a moment to thank all of our new equippers. Your monthly gifts provide a program of passionate Bible teaching aimed at equipping and mobilizing Christians from every walk of life to make disciples among the nations. You can join this growing family of believers and become an equipper yourself today. And when you do, you'll receive special weekly updates and resources that will encourage you and keep you up to date on what's happening in the world. Call today, 888-644-4144 or simply go online at equipradio.com. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for all of you that are listening today. We want to help to raise the gratitude in your life, the Thanksgiving odometer, if you will. We want you to get excited about um, giving thanks to God for he is good, for his goodness, for his grace 
Now, I'm going to talk about the evangelistic benefits of this in just a moment with our guest today, Dustin Crow, who is the author of The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. But I want to go to the dedication page of your book, because often when people pick up a book, they read the back cover to see what it's about, see who the author is, maybe the front cover, the title caught their eye, and then they'll jump to the table of contents to see what's in there. But they often, Dustin, skip the dedication page. Here's yours, your dedication page. To Melissa, I thank God for the gift of you as my wife and your partnership as we learn to give thanks together. I think that's a blessing. I think it's awesome when you have a, a, a wife who's partnered with you, a spouse who's partnered with you on this journey to giving thanks. But I want to flip the coin, if you will, and I would love for you to answer this, Dustin. What if you're married to a grumbler? What if giving thanks isn't your challenge, but certainly is the challenge of the person that you're married to? What advice do you give to those who find, man, I'm married to a grumbler? Yeah, you probably should have had my wife on. That's partly why I dedicated the book. It's just because, <laughs> again, when I say I was a grumbler and I am a grumbler, that's not just me, you know trying to have a false humility. That's a real struggle for me. And I think she has been patient to put up with me at times, but also to practice gratitude with me. And so I've grown in it because of her. But I think for, you know, if someone has a, has a spouse that is that grumbler, one of the things you can do is be patient, not give up on them, but maybe just start asking questions like, Hey, what are you thankful for today? Or what's one Mm. way you've noticed God at work this week? Mm. And I think if you get those questions, it kind of draws it out of the grumbler and it changes their perspective. And again, it's that approach of grace rather than saying, hey, you're being a grumbler. Please stop. Um, You're giving them a chance to give things. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really good. That that whole thought of patience with the grumbler. Um, you know, I think the other thing that your book gives us the ability to do is to maybe go on this journey with them uh, to be able to say, hey, let's read this book together. I think it can help us. Because in many ways, even let's talk about the relational benefit, if you will, of this. First, our relationship with God and then our relationship with others. How does giving thanks change our relationships? Yeah, we've done it in our home. And I think you're right. We can do this together. So um, before we have had kids and now with kids, we've done this as a family to try to create this posture as we trust that God is the one who is being good to us and who will take care of us. And so part of why we give thanks um, at mealtimes, part of why we have intentional seasons where we'll write down Thanksgiving and put it on a poster board or on a tree is we want to have that posture as a couple and as a family that everything comes from God, that he knows what we need, and he loves to bless us. And so I think as a small group, you can do that. I think as a church, you can do that. I loved you mentioned your church doing this idea of celebration. And as churches and groups, Bible studies, we don't do that enough. We don't share how has God been at work? What has God done in our history? What has God done in our family and our friendship? And let's share that together so that we can experience one another's joy. Maybe this week I'm struggling and I'm, I'm really having a hard yeah. time finding reasons to give thanks. But as I listen to you, it creates worship in my heart. And maybe it's a reminder, oh, yeah, like God has done that. I wasn't thinking about it. So I think it is a journey to do together. You know, I think our entire country has experienced some very, you know, unusual challenges over the last couple of years. Uh, things like the pandemic and social tensions. And it, and it seems to create an atmosphere uh, for, for grumbling. Have you seen within 
your interactions with the broader body of Christ, that uh, the the grumbling, the cynicism, if you will, the pessimism, increasing or decreasing? I feel like it's increased. Um, I think as we've walked through different challenges, as maybe those trials dragged on, um, it was easy to get stuck, to only think about all the things that we don't like, um, areas of disagreement. You know, most churches, there's been a lot of disagreement over the last year and several months. And so I think it's led to even more grumbling. Even in the past week, I've noticed in my heart again um, where grumbling has come back up. And I said, oh, wow, like I've not been practicing yeah. what I've written. I need to be giving things more because it is so easy to be caught up in all the challenges of the world, all the things in the home, in the church, at the workplace that feel like this is hard. And so that's all that's on my mind. Yeah, the Bible talks about this uh, murmuring and complaining, which is another way of describing what you uh, joyfully describe as grumbling. And uh, the Apostle Paul warns us strictly about this, that we should not give ourselves over to murmuring and complaining, but we should be a people of deep gratitude. Philippians 2, verses 13 through 15 tells us to do everything without complaining or murmuring uh, so that no one can criticize you. So in many ways, I think we open ourselves up to criticism when we find ourselves uh, murmuring and complaining. But but the reality is, though, Dustin, is that we all go through storms. If I'm being fully transparent, the last couple of years have been seasons of deep grief for my wife and I. We have had several major deaths uh, that have been close to us. And yes, we have a theology that we don't mourn like those who have no hope, but yet the loss of those individuals who mean a lot to us, man, that hits us really, really hard. But it seems to me that part of what your book does for us in giving us a discipline is to uh, maybe help us to train our souls to be anchored in the reality of God's goodness so that when those storms do come, we're not trying to find his goodness in the darkness there. It's already established in our hearts. How important is it for us to have uh, firmly established in our hearts the goodness of God before the storm comes to our lives? I do think it's huge. Like you said, when you give thanks, and again, if you do that over time, it does build up in your heart this relational credibility or trust of God. You know, if you've regularly been telling him thank you, for all of these reasons that he has been good and reasons that you've found him trustworthy, then when you are going through that valley, you already have in mind, oh, yeah, like God has done this time and time again. I'm not seeing it right now. I'm not feeling it right now. But I'm still falling back in trust that God is the same today as he was a week, a year, two years ago when I recounted those blessings so fervently. Um, so I think it's important to build it up in good seasons, but you also see, and again, David does this so often in those valleys, you can still give thanks because it's not just for these are the things I like. God's giving them, I'll give thanks. But you give thanks for who God is. And David does that, an example of Psalm 35, where he's praying out those how long, O Lord, prayers of lament. Yes, and yes. yet he follows that up with you know, verse 18, but I will still thank you in the great congregation. And I think we can give thanks in the seasons of trouble of, I don't know what's going to happen, but I thank you that you are in control, that you are still sovereign, that you are still good, and those are what I'm giving thanks for in this valley. Yeah, a good friend of the broadcast, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, 
her and her husband, Robert, uh, have been going through a tough season. Uh, he's been going through cancer, second round of cancer. But what they did is they uh, created a gratitude wall in their house, Dustin, where it's kind of their sunroom. And at the end of every day, they pull out post-it notes and they write down what they're thankful for for that day or who they're thankful for. And they post it on the wall. And that wall over time has become two walls in the room and then three walls in the room. And the mm -hmm. room is literally covered with post-it notes. And so every day as they walk by that room, they're reminded of things that they're thankful for, the goodness of God, the grace of God. And that just really helps to shape and change their attitude. All right, here's what we're going to do. I want people to go to social media right now. Typically, we open up social media, Dustin, for prayer requests. You know, what do people need us to pray for? I love praying for our listeners. That's such a joy of mine. But today I want to do something different. I want to create our own little gratitude wall, if you will, on social media. So I want you to go to Facebook or Twitter, and I want you just to simply just share in the comment section something you're thankful for. Share what you are giving thanks to God for today. Maybe it is something he's done in your life. Maybe it's a person that you want to give thanks for, like uh, like Dustin has done with his wife, Melissa. Uh, maybe it is just God sustaining and keeping you. But I want you to go and help us today to create a gratitude wall. So go to social media, Facebook and Twitter, and I want you to uh, post there because I believe we'll begin to compile a list and I don't think it's just going to bless you. I actually think, uh, Dustin, and I don't have the theology around this. Maybe you can help us. But I think that gratitude is contagious. I think that something about gratitude does spread through our community, and it helps the body of believers to increase in our joy and our celebration of the goodness and grace of our God. Dustin's going to stay with me while you're going to social media right now. So pull out your smartphone Help us to create a gratitude wall on our social media platforms. Listen, Dustin and I have a lot more to talk about. How are you starting your mornings? Dustin encourages us, if we're going to practice Thanksgiving, to develop a posture of presenting ourselves to God first thing in the morning. We're going to talk about the importance of that and much more on the other side of this break. Next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. You're listening to a pre-recorded Encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equipped with Chris Brooks. And I hope you're enjoying Thanksgiving today. Don't eat too much, but enjoy your time. Maybe a little football, but mostly enjoy giving thanks to the Lord with family and friends all around you. There's so much to be thankful for. I know that we can find things to lament about. Trust me, I know. But I'm choosing today to give thanks in spite of it all, and I want to encourage you to do the same. But I also recognize that for some of you, it's hard to give thanks because of where you're at spiritually. What do you do when you don't desire God and you've lost your joy, the joy of your salvation? Well, one of the things that I want to do is bless you with a book. It's called When I Don't Desire God, How to Fight for Joy by John Piper. It's yours with a gift of any amount to the program. Simply dial 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. And we'll send it right out to you. Well, my guest today is Dustin Crow. Here's what we're doing, folks. We are exchanging our grumbling 
for gratitude? Are you naturally a pessimist? Do you typically see what's wrong with the world? Is complaining and cynicism your spiritual gifts? Well, here's what you need to know. You can exchange all of that for an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not just a holiday. It's a way of life. We're also building us a wall of gratitude on our Facebook and Twitter pages. I want you to go there now. Just leave one thing you're thankful for today so that we can rejoice with you. Uh, Dustin, uh, let me ask a question, and I feel like I should have asked Melissa this question, but are you a morning person? I've become more of a morning person with having kids, but uh, you know, typically <laughs> I love to stay up late at night, um, but I've become more of a morning person. Well, I know a lot of people who uh, need uh, their coffee in order to uh, get going in the morning. They're not naturally morning people. I typically take the morning shift. My wife takes the night shift. But you talk about, for all of us, whether you're a morning person or not, how important it is for us to present ourselves to God first thing in the morning. Why is that? Yeah, I think the way we start our day kind of gives us, um, it's our trajectory for the rest of the day. And I never want to be, again, legalistic about that. Um, but I think the way we start both of what we think about, what's on our mind, even our prayers, that will impact the rest of the day. And so it's one of the reasons why I encourage people, if you can get into the Word early, great. If you can spend some time in prayer, great. Um, and if you can have this posture from the start of the day of, Lord, I want to see how you're at work. I want to see how you're at work in your Word, in your world, and in my, my life. So show me the reasons I have to be thankful. Maybe give, some th- give thanks for things from the day before. Right away, you're entering your day with this perspective of, I believe God is at work, and I want to see it, and then I want to thank him for it. As opposed to if I pick up my phone, if I get on social media, it tends to be some of those negative things, and that's my start of the day, where I disagree, mm-hmm. where I'm disappointed, mm-hmm. and then I'm going into the world with that posture of frustration and grumbling. Yeah, I love this. Okay, so now we're giving some real practical wisdom to folks. All right, first you should have heard that, hey, maybe you can dedicate a special season next 30 days or so to intentionally focus in on gratitude. Secondly, make a list of those things that you're grateful for. Uh, Thirdly, hey, what about a gratitude wall? That would be great, a wall of gratitude. Put some Post-it notes up around the house. But now Dustin is telling us, before we reach for those smartphones in the morning, what if you started your day by giving thanks? Hey, five minutes. First five minutes, go to God. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for your goodness in my life. Thank you for surrounding me with the blessings of family and in life and uh, and my salvation, thanking God for that before you check the uh, most recent news reports about all that's wrong in the world. I think all of these are really, really good bits of advice. Now, let's just talk about uh, giving thanks in seasons of storms, uh, Dustin, because the reality is, is that all around us, there are anxieties, there is discouragement, there's discontentment, depression, all of those things are real. Some of the folks that are listening to us right now, they're going through real storms in life. Spouse just maybe found out they were sick. Children who are dealing with depression and anxiety. Your own physical and emotional and spiritual challenges. What do you want us to know about giving thanks as an anchor through the storm? 
Yeah, it's a really important question. Um, you know, the book came out in 2020, and the number one question I've had from people since then is, what about those seasons of storms? Like, do we still give thanks, or how do we do that? I think that is our big question, because we're often struggling, we're going through trials, so do we pause Thanksgiving, or do we use Thanksgiving to kind of be a, um, something that carries us through? And what I see in the Bible is that's a season really to lean into Thanksgiving. I'll try to give a couple ideas, practical ideas for how you do that. Uh, one is remembrance. You mentioned this wall. And again, I think something I noticed in Scripture is often the Psalms are looking back. So maybe they're facing a trial right now. They're facing an enemy. Um, they're, on the, they're in the wilderness. And so they actually look back and they say, where have I seen God in the past? God delivered us from Egypt. God provided food. God has kept my family safe. And so by looking to the past to give thanks, they remember, oh, God is still the same today. Like, God will help me in this trial today, just like he helped me in that trial two years ago, and I didn't know how I was going to make it. And so I think grateful remembrance of looking back, and maybe you put this in a jar or on a wall, and you say, okay, God was faithful in these ways in the past. I believe he's the same today. I believe he can do it again, and so I'm giving thanks for what he's done in the past. So that's one. Um, a second would be start small. Again, when you're struggling, when you're going through really hard things, uh, I talked to my dad this weekend, and he has cancer, and he kind of had some more bad news, and it's easy to get discouraged. I think one thing we can do is start small and figure out what are those blessings in life. Like, what are the very tiny things, my health, you know, that God has provided a job, I have people in my life that love me, I have a church. You start small, and then you build from there. Over time, as you give thanks, you'll start to see, oh, God was gracious. He was patient this week. Or as you're reading the Bible, you'll see, oh, God is merciful. Like I've sinned against him so many times, and yet he's merciful. But start small, and then over time, as you practice it, it builds and it builds. Then you can give thanks in those tougher seasons of life. Yeah, I love it. We'll be praying for your dad as well. Uh, I appreciate you sharing those uh, bits of wisdom. I also would love to just add on to that, Dustin, that uh, maybe the best thing to give thanks for is that it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Um, yeah. Just being able to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, life has been hard, but you know, I'm still standing. I'm still here. That's something worth praising God over. You say in your book that maybe the hardest trial to endure is God's absence when it feels like God is is not present. Um, what do you want us to know about that? Yeah, and I think I said that because other things feel more tangible. Like if I'm really struggling with fear and worry, like there's probably something on the other end that I can at least lean into or pray about. But sometimes when there's just a season of a spiritual desert and God's distant, it's like what do we do? Like how do we respond? I don't know why necessarily. Maybe there's not sin. Um, and so I found Thanksgiving in those um, spiritual wilderness is helpful because as I start to dwell upon God, whether it's noticing these specific things or, again, it's just giving thanks for who he is. Like like you said, giving thanks that we're not consumed, giving thanks that even if these trials continue, that my biggest problem, sin, death, those have been taken care of, giving thanks that he is merciful and gracious. As I start to do that, my view of God becomes bigger and bigger. And that's often where the intimacy with God, it gets rekindled. As I'm dwelling upon who he is, as I'm thinking about the character of God through giving thanks, um, then we experience, even if not as nearness, a reminder that that's who he is. Maybe I'm not tasting it today, but I still believe it, and I'm leaning into this faith trust 
that describes the Christian life to say, one day I will. You know, David says often, I will still put my hope in God, yes. even if I'm not experiencing that today. Yeah, we need to put Thanksgiving into practice. And friends, maybe you're in that season where you feel like God is so distant, or maybe you feel like your trial is so enormous. Just know two things. Number, well, number one, know that we're praying for you here at Equip. We genuinely count it a joy to pray for you because we love you and we're grateful for you. But secondly, I believe that everything that Dustin has written in his book is true because the Bible affirms it. Dustin, you say that Thanksgiving is not just a defensive weapon. It is also offensive. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think it's offensive in the sense that, you know, like if you think of terms of sports, you have things that protect you, but you have things that actually cultivate, like they do good in your heart. And that's what I mean by offense. And as we're giving thanks, I do, that, I do think it gives that work of cultivation in the heart. It actually stirs up your affections for who God is. Um, again, because Thanksgiving isn't just naming off blessings, like that's where you start, maybe you name blessings. But as you move from gifts to giver, that yeah. does the work in my heart of cultivation that says, okay, I want to worship, or I want to tell other people about him because of who he is. So I think it just stirs the heart's affection. It reminds you of the grace you've been given, and then it kind of kindles things like worship and prayer and Bible reading and evangelism. They all flow out of Thanksgiving. I love it. That's such a great place for us to transition to our last break of the day because when we come back, we're going to talk about the connection between Thanksgiving and our Christian witness uh, evangelism, because I really do think there's just such a powerful connection. What a wonderful resource Dustin has given us, the Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. It's such an easy thing to overlook. Some of us see Thanksgiving as a luxury and it, rather than an essential part of the Christian life, the spiritual rhythms that we need to embrace. Dustin sees it otherwise, and he's not writing as someone who has a natural, joyful disposition, but somebody who's a recovering pessimist. Maybe you're out there and you can relate, but we need to give thanks to God for both the gift and the giver. So let's do that. We're building up a blessing wall, a wall of gratitude on our social media pages. Go to Facebook, go to Twitter now at your reason for Thanksgiving. We'll be right back right after this. We all want to live joy-filled lives, filled with satisfaction in God. But that life is not automatic, even for seasoned saints. So what do you do when you're weary in the battle and you want to give up? John Piper's book, When I Don't Desire God, will energize you as you fight for joy and encourage others along the way. Ask for your copy when you support Equip this month. Call 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. All right, Dustin Crow, we call this the rapid fire round. I'm going to try to uh, get as many questions as I can in, and I want to hear you answer them. Let's start with evangelism. How does giving thanks help our Christian witness? Well, we know it's a bad witness when we're a grumbling people, and we've talked about that a little, but it is a challenge when the church as a whole seems like this cynical pessimistic, grumbling people, that's not a good witness to the world. It doesn't convey the idea of hope and joy. Um, but you see it first in the Old Testament. Often David talks about making his deeds known among the people. Psalm 105.1 talks about giving thanks to God as a way to testify to the nations of who God is. 
Um, and then in the New Testament, when Jesus heals people, often they go and they tell people what God has done. And that's really what Thanksgiving is. It's declaring what God has done to our family, to our church, and to the world. So he gets the glory. Yeah, I love that. I love the thought of uh, Thanksgiving being subversive in some ways, countercultural, that uh, in moments where the rest of the world is bemoaning the moment, complaining, grumbling, we get a chance to stand out for Christ and for our King by uh, maybe giving thanks, giving thanks for both the gift and the giver. All right, let's talk about some fun ways that families can help their kids to give thanks. You're in that season of raising little ones. So what have you and Melissa figured out on that front? Yeah, one of the things I really enjoy is we do what's called a Thanksgiving tree. And so we actually just cut some pieces of paper and every day we have to write one thing we're thankful for and then we tie that to a string and we put it on you know, a fake tree that we've made, usually just limbs from the yard. So it's a way to see visually our Thanksgiving grow over the course of a month. Now you can do that with a piece of poster board as well. You can do it with a chain. You can just link things together. But just the idea of having a visual over that 30 days to see Thanksgiving grow has been powerful for our family. Yeah, I love that. I love involving the kids and uh, training them to give thanks, in particular in times where it's tough for them as well. I think that when we consider what gifts do we want to give to them as we launch them from our houses, our homes, and to independence, hopefully an attitude of gratitude is one of those things that we're cultivating. All right, let's talk as we get ready to close to pastors of local churches. What are some ways that pastors in local churches, you're a discipleship pastor, uh, what are some ways they can really cultivate gratitude and thanksgiving in the life of the church? One, if anyone is a pastor, I think first give thanks for your people. Even as a pastor, it's easy to grumble about the challenges in your church. Yeah. And so we start by being thankful for what God is doing. Um, but I think another one is testimonies. Uh, I think that's huge. And that can be people's salvation. That can be God's faithfulness through a trial. Uh, it could be big or small. But as people in the church are celebrating what God is doing, I think that naturally creates gratitude and thanksgiving. So you can do that with a specific small group or Bible study. You can do that at a prayer meeting, wherever. But as the church is sharing reasons to give thanks to God, I think that's where it's contagious and it spreads rather than us complaining or gossiping, which can spread as well. Yeah, I love that. Start with giving thanks for your people, Pastor. You know, there's a lot of pastors I know, and I know how tempting it is for the naysayers within the ministry, for those who are grumblers within the ministry, to um, maybe capture more of our attention than what they should. And maybe we begin to project upon the whole church family this negative disposition. You talked about it. When your book was released in 2020, churches, Dustin, were not in the most peaceful of places. And maybe there's a lot of pastors who are out there right now who feel wounded, uh, maybe they're they're feeling the pressure of unrealistic expectations, um, not appreciated by their church family. It really does change the entire environment uh, for the church, the ethos of the church, if you will, if a pastor is grateful, doesn't it? Yeah, I think in terms of there's kind of this low-grade irritability that can be in the heart, and that leads to this grumbling. 
And yeah, I think people sense that whether we're actually doing the words, whether we're grumbling or it's just kind of a spirit or a posture about us, people can pick that up. And I do think it's been really easy for churches to have that. Um, But again, the opposite side, if we then are cultivating reasons to give thanks, and that can be just trusting God, that God knew what he was doing in this season, that God has placed us with this specific people, that God's working in ways that we don't see or know. As we start to give thanks for those things, again, we trust God more, we see him Him at work, and we're willing to then follow him. Okay, I'm going to give thanks for this people, and I'm going to love them, um, even through the struggles. Yeah, see, even when we have to challenge and, re- and at times uh, give a rebuke or a hard word from Scripture to our church family, we can do it with a spirit of thanksgiving. Uh, I think about Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 9. Think about the ancient sermon of Hebrews, and the preacher says this, Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, things that have to do with salvation. I think I love that disposition, that pastoral disposition, that even as a pastor or maybe even a parent has to challenge their children or has to challenge their church family, do it from the perspective of, I'm speaking this way to you because I do believe better things for you. I do believe that God is at work in your life, things pertaining to salvation. Uh, I think that's a great way of approaching uh, approaching even the, the tough seasons. All right, Dustin, uh, it, time has flown by as we talk about this wonderful lost art and spiritual discipline. What do you want to leave us with as we consider the grumbler's guide to giving thanks? Yeah, maybe my big encouragement would be to, to see it as what God has us for us year-round, that don't delay till November, but see that God wants us to be thankful because when we give thanks, we actually get to know him more. It's not so much just for our own heart, although it's good for us, but when we give thanks, we're seeing who God is. There's a relational strengthening and intimacy that takes place, and I think that's why it's such a sweet, practical discipline. Thanksgiving is more than just a holiday, friends. It is a way of life for the believer because of both the gifts and the giver of those gifts, because of all that our great God has done for us. We give thanks. Dustin, thank you for carving out time, my friend, and thanks for letting God use you in writing this wonderful resource. What a joy it's been to have you on. Thanks for having me on and having this conversation. Hey, folks, we're still building our gratitude wall. It is not too late for you right now to go to our social media platforms, and why don't you just uh, express one reason why today you give thanks. Maybe it's over an attribute of God, his goodness, his faithfulness, his love, his sovereignty, or maybe it's because of a gift that he's given, maybe your family, maybe your health or other provision, whatever it is, let's today not be grumblers, not be complainers or murmurers, but let's be those who give thanks. I so appreciate you joining. While you're giving thanks, I hope that one of the things you're thanking God for is the program. Hopefully, Equip has been a blessing in your life. If you're just tuning in and checking us out, hey, you're a blessing to us just by being here. We give thanks to for you. Your, your presence with us is a gift. But if we have been a blessing to you, can you support the program? Partner with us. Dial 888-644-4144. 
or go to EquipRadio.org. Until the next time, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. Have you ever felt stuck in a cycle of unresolved pain, playing offenses over and over again in your mind? You know you can't keep living like this, but you don't know what to do next? Well, Lisa Turkhurst has endured devastating public heartbreak and has wrestled her way to freedom. It's time for you to experience freedom from your pain. Let's learn to forgive even when we can't forget on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org.